Hey guys, it's Gwenelle Walker and you're listening to Basketball Diaries. Welcome to our first episode. I'm so excited. First of all, I owe you guys a little presentation. My name is Gwenelle Walker and my husband plays basketball overseas. He's been playing for 12 years now. Also, I gotta add that I'm French, so please don't judge my English. His name is Kelly Walker and I've been with him for six seasons. I've always been around the sports world in a general way and around basketball for the past years. So I thought it would be interesting to talk about all the experiences that athletes overseas go through. This new series is more based on basketball overseas in Europe, but also elsewhere, everything outside of NBA and G League. But we can also talk about it if you guys are interested. So let's get into it. First of all, you got to know that there's basketball in pretty much every country. So if a player is playing basketball in that country means he's a professional there's nothing to discuss and most of the time you got to know that those countries you're not thinking about just because the level is maybe not the best they usually have a lot of money to import players because usually their talent within the, the country itself is not the best how those basketball overseas work you have the regular season of basketball that can be a little different depending on the countries for example russia has a regular season that can end around february and then get the playoff south america will have something different and france is more likely to be done around may for example and then you have the playoff more or less in general you're gonna have a league that's gonna start around september and october and that's gonna be finished around april may june or later but including the playoffs you usually also get an international break around february where international competition are being played and players that play for their country are being called for camps selection national selection not all the teams are making the playoff you guys will see a little bit later in this podcast that february can be also a tricky moment for a lot of players this break allows teams to make changement in their team if something is going wrong basketball wise most of their team are going to play the regular season within their country and outside of that there's a lot of other competition that are being played like different cup on top of the regular season. We can talk also about EuroLeague, EuroCup, FIBA Cup, Champions League. There's many, but these are the biggest one. Now let's get a little bit more into details about how those that works overall. Every player has an agent. An agent can be related to an agency. Most of the time, every player is under contract of one or two years with their agent. It can be different. Every player can have different details set up with their agent in case of of any conflict going on or anything else. Every player has usually a contract of one or two years, like I said, but you can also have an exit clause, which can be, for example, if you guys want to leave before the end of this contract, you got to give the, the agent 10% of your next salary, something like that. And then the agent in general is going to make between 5% and 10% of every contract that the player is signing. Choosing your agent right is a really, really tough task when you're playing overseas. You need to make sure you have an agent that's going to put you in the right situation, that is going to look for a job for you, and also that is going to provide you a good deal so you don't have to try to change an agent in the middle of the season or look for a different situation. Like I said earlier, you can work with an agent himself or bigger agency. In Europe, you have 
few big agencies you can work with. You have Octagon, Clutch Sports, Excel, and Be Basket. There are big ones, but you can definitely choose to go with a single agent that has great contacts. Because clearly, a bigger agency doesn't always guarantee you a contract. It's all about what you feel comfy with and who you can trust with your career. How do you find your agent? Most of the time, the agent is going to start looking for you. So you're going to have multiple agents reaching out to you, depending on like where you've been playing and if they think they can find you a great situation. There's also a lot of scam out there, so be careful. Each agent or agency has their own network. And depending on certain countries, sometimes they also have different agents that are third party with who they're working, but it's not always the case. Let's make an example. If you have an American agent, but you're trying to go play in Japan, maybe they'll have a third party, which is a Japanese agent that's going to help them work through the details with Japanese teams. These details really depend on who's your agent, which agency you're working with, and if they're going through a third party. Now you must wonder how does the team find a player? There's first of all the reputation of the player, if that player has been playing EuroLeague, other type of competition, if that player has been efficient before in the league he was or in the college he was playing for, if this player has been seen in the media, every performance he's had, is he having a lot of like playing time. And obviously, the most a player has been playing in a winning team, the better it is for him. But don't worry, if you've been in a losing team, doesn't mean you're not going to have a job. Clubs are going to be able to find the profile of the players on Eurobasket, for example, but also through contacts of agent or if an agent is thinking about a player that could be good for a team that they're in contact with, they can refer him to the team. There's really a lot of different ways for a player to be seen or found by a team. If they want to find you, they'll find you. After that, how's the contract being done? Once a team found a player, they're going to go through their agent. The players usually doesn't deal with nothing. You have an agent, that's why he's here or she's here. Talking about that, I don't know many women agent in the world of overseas basketball. That would be interesting to look up into that. We were saying how does the contract gets done. Once a team find a player they're interested in too, they're going to start talking with the agent, ask for prices, see if the player's been doing great, how's the player mentally. So they're sometimes going to contact their old coaches or other teammates they've been playing with, people they can trust with knowing and kind of finding out how the player is through the season if any little thing can be like a red flag I would say then you're gonna have a lot of discussion back and forth between the agent and the team the agent is obviously gonna notify the player if the offer is interesting enough but usually the agent is not gonna come to the player until there's a strong offer or at least something worth it you can have a lot of discussions going on with teams doesn't mean you're gonna sign with any of them once the team kind of want to move forward with that player they're gonna put enough on the table through the agent with all the details but mainly the money is a big factor we're not gonna act like it's not and usually once the team wants to sign you this can go really fast once there's an offer on the table your agent's gonna come to you usually the coach is gonna want to talk to the players so the player is gonna be in contact with the team at this moment have a little chat with the coach see how things are and if he wants to move forward with the team and if the team still wants to move forward with him But once the offer is on the table, it's more likely to be done. But nothing is official until it's being signed. 
remember this. Then once the offer is on the table, the player wants to go with the team, the team wants the player, the contract is being signed and let's go on to this new season. Going back to the agent side of it, our experience with agent has been really diverse and an agent can be a really good tool for you as it can be the worst thing for you. Because if your agent is not trying to put you in your best situation, you can end up with contract that are not guarantee if you get injured, not guarantee depending on certain situation. And a lot of players in certain country doesn't receive their money on time or ever sometimes. And honestly, most of the contracts are not guaranteed if you get injured. France is one of those countries where you're going to be secured if you get injured. But most of the other country, you'll just get cut if you get injured. Again, depend who you are, what contract you have, which country you're in and the laws in that country. I think if you speak with most of other seas players, you're going to find out that a lot of them are still waiting for money from this team or that team. And obviously there are some non-countries for that. If you're not playing in the best teams in certain country, you are more likely to know that they don't pay on time or sometimes you just won't get your money. This is why choosing the right situation for you depending on what type of offers you're going to get and that's also going to be a link with which agent you're choosing is going to be crucial for your next move because what's tricky in this basketball world is your career can end pretty fast if you're making the wrong choice or you can end up in a really bad situation overall if you don't go with the best situation and then you're going to end up playing in the worst team worst league doesn't mean it's a bad thing you get always play basketball and I think it's an incredible thing that you get to play basketball for a living and basically enjoy what you do. This is so precious. But players definitely have to be aware that a situation can change it all. From a year to another, your situation can go so much better as it can go down a hole. As much as this job is an incredible job, it is a business. And you have to keep that in mind the whole time. Clubs are going to make decisions business-wide. Players are going to make decisions business-wise, but the difference is players have families. They don't always go to a team by themselves, and they have people depending on them. They're trying to make the best out of their career. The contracts every year depending on the market. What's the market? So the market is like any other business. It can be really, really versatile. It can be really diverse and change from a year to another. Market can be so much different depending on which passport the player has. If the player has for example one American passport only or if the player has a dual citizenship or a dual passport for example in France if you're only American in certain league as pro B you can only have one American in the team so it's gonna be different than if you have a team where you can have as many Americans as you want I would say it's especially for American players if they have another type of passport that can really help them playing overseas and get more contracts and more money the market can be so much different depending on the age of the player and so many details of like if the player won any competition any distinction there's so many like details that can come into play but if a player is trying to stay in the same league he's been playing other teams are gonna know him 
they're gonna know what he's capable of and if he's been doing good he's gonna have proposition he's gonna have offers and he won't have to worry about getting a job but if he hasn't been doing the best it might be easier for him to get out of the country again i'm not saying that this is gonna happen like that i'm just telling you my analyze and how i've seen things over the years you gotta know that the status is very different from a local player to a foreign player first of all for example i'm talking about friends because we've been having the most experience with France and I'm French so in France French players are so much more protected there's a lot of laws that make them not being able to be cut somehow I mean they can be cut but they're so much more protected money wise and uh, in so many ways and usually it's going to be so much easier for a French player to find a job within the French league French players more or less are going to be signed early in the off season or early during the season for the foreign players this is a whole different story usually Usually they are being signed a little bit later or it takes a little longer unless they've been playing in the league and the team is trying to keep. But like I was telling you, the market is a business and it depends on the country, the players, the market, the budget. They're going to choose their players depending on how much they can pay them. And if they cannot pay a player, they won't have this player. Or they're going to try to make some adjustment, trying to offer some lower contracts to other players to be able to pay a higher player. There's a lot about money. This is literally a business and they gotta work with their budget. How do we know the value of a player? The value of a player depends a lot about his age, his stats, his resume, where he played, what he's been doing, and also which agent he's with. Because let me tell you something. I have seen some players that were not the best or players that were the best. And some players that were not the best ended up having super, super good situations because they had great agent and some other players that were really really good didn't get the most interesting situation business-wise living-wise on a lot of levels because of their age like I said before you really have to be conscious when you're choosing an agent there's other details that are being taken in consideration when teams are looking for you and the value on the market is going to be if you've been injured before And also, what's your personality? There are some players that are known for their little ego trip or their violence issues, and nobody wants to deal with that. If a player has a bad reputation, for example, he's known for partying every weekend, he's known for partying like before games and stuff like that. Obviously, if you're doing that, you're stupid because you know you're gonna get caught. Like, CDs are usually a little smaller, and everyone knows when a basketball player is going out. You gotta know teams are gonna find out, and usually, they don't really like that unless you're super productive on the court but you shouldn't be going out this much there's a major difference with the position players are playing let me explain in a team the most important positions are really going to be the one and the five so the point guard and the big man that's where usually the teams are going to put their budget they're more likely to be the highest paid player in a team I'm not saying it's always true they're usually going to try to choose a one and a five and work other players around those positions point guards and big men's are going to be finding job faster and a little bit more easily. They're really the key players 
players in a team. Doesn't mean other players are not important. That's obviously not what I'm saying. Choosing a club can change at all in a career of a player. That can be good or bad. If the team is winning a championship, if there is going up into a different division, that can be a really good booster for your career. But you never know in advance. That's the tough part of choosing a team. You can never know what's going to happen during the season. Things can go a lot of different ways. There's a lot of people to deal with once you're going to a club and the biggest thing can be dealing with the coach. You really want to get along with your coach and get along with his way of wanting the play and wanting the team to play because this can be really tough and sometimes a coach can really mess with your head. We'll talk about mental health of players in another episode. You really want to have a coach that's going to use you and use you how you want to be used and don't put you in a situation that can be tricky for you. Choosing a team is literally betting on yourself. Foreign players can be cut almost anytime. Usually they'll wait until the break around December or February but being honest this can happen anytime during the season and also you can get injured and just be cut. There's also a lot of players that are actually being cut during the preseason. During the preseason they're trying to see if you're in shape, if you're gonna fit to the game, if you're fitting into the team they've made, if you're getting along with other players, the staff, coaches, everything else. There's so many tricky parts of playing overseas that can put you in a great situation, but there's also so many things that can go wrong that it's really a tough, tough decision. And you can only hope for the best as a player. You're betting your career, your life. And on top of that, a lot of them are bringing their family with them. You don't want to put your family, especially if you have kids or your wife, into a situation where you're moving in a place and then two weeks later you're being cut or you have to find another job. It's so much to deal with. Especially going into a new country where you don't speak the language, you don't know how things work, you gotta find, figure all the things out as simply as finding out what you need in the stores and all those details. Usually, the team is gonna provide a living situation for you. The team is gonna provide a house, an apartment, whatever for the player. I'm not saying it's like that everywhere. I guess some players have to find by themselves if they're local, but most of the time, the team is gonna provide a place to live for you and a car. But sometimes you gotta share a car, just like we was sharing a car in Belgium. But that's a different story and uh, I'll tell you about it a little bit later. You're gonna have an apartment or a house and a car. With That's gonna be within your contract and that's a really good thing. But it's not always gonna be the best place to live in or not always gonna be the the car that's gonna be the best either. That's why I was saying you really have to be careful choosing the country you're trying to play for or the team you're trying to play for. Sometimes you can have a really great place to live in, but sometimes you can really have a rodent place. And I have a few stories where places were really not the best. If you're coming with your family, you definitely don't want to have molds on the wall or really shitty situation. It doesn't happen everywhere, but trust me, it can happen. As you can see, there's a lot of details that can be tricky and stressful for a player while choosing where they're trying to go. There's always this fear of not being paid on time, not being paid. The communication with the coach, for example, can be a big point too. We was talking about uh, how do you get along with the coach? Well, there's also this big part where if the coach is not speaking, for example, English the best, you're going to have to adjust and find a way to communicate with him. And obviously clubs don't always take care of you the best way. That can be really tricky in the daily life if you need help to figure 
your details if you don't get help for anything. Especially if you're trying to bring your family and the club is not helping with visa and you have to do it all by yourself. Finish this part, I would say we can talk about the good aspects of the club helping you. If it's a good club, they're gonna help you finding everything out. They're gonna give you doctors. They're gonna help you with anything you need. I can truly say that in France, we've been taken care of the best way. Like we've been helped with everything we needed. And I'm so grateful for that. It's not always like that and hasn't been like that in every French team. But most of the time, we've been taken care of pretty good. Contrary to other countries. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and that you learn a lot more about basketball overseas than you knew before. In the next episode, we'll talk more about the challenge of changing cities or countries every season from a player aspect, but for also from a family aspect, which is interesting because I can talk a little bit about both sides. And the next episode's coming, maybe not the next one, but we also have players and family coming into the podcast as guests. And I hope you guys will enjoy it. Do not hesitate to reach out and tell me what you thought about this first episode. I would be so happy to know what you thought about it and what you guys want to hear in the next podcast coming. See you guys for the next episode.